0: Welcome to another episode of the Unusual Perspectives Podcast that transports you into the minds of people who think outside the box and are unwilling to live a life of unexplored potential. If you're looking for a place to play with the concepts of what's possible while well, making some jokes and having some fun along the way, you found a home and a community here. Welcome, El Bright. It's wonderful to have you on the podcast. How is your day today?
1: It's awesome today. Thank you, Devin. Awesome every day
0: very cool so you do an amazing amount of things and i am super intrigued by the last thing you shared with me which is a a gin actually which (laughs) might be something that you might not be known for by your uh more coaching focused clients and your photography based clients which is how i initially got uh, connected with you so how did how does photography coaching and gin all come together for you
1: well it's just me in the end so one follows one's passions and i i'm a scientist at heart i actually have a couple of degrees in science and one of them involves chemistry so something like alcohol and and gin is very interesting to me and that's just like a a side passion a hobby and I have a history of turning hobbies into more than hobbies. So mm-hmm. I launched a gin last year.
0: I love that. And what does the goddess gin kind of brand mean to you? And why did you um, lead with that?
1: Every woman should know that she is a goddess. Um, it's not about religion. It's just about the concept of you embodying your feminine essence, and and gin is a drink much favoured by women, particularly in the UK. Oh, I can't remember the percentage now, but it's really quite high percentage of women who love to drink gin. So I just figured, embody the goddess within, and there you go. I
0: love that. And- On your photography website, Um, it says, and I would imagine that this translates into your coaching work as well, that you specialize in helping women overcome stereotypes of age, size, Mm -hmm. shape, and weight so that they know that they are beautiful and can be confident. Um, Talk to me a little bit about how you think of that and why is that so important to you?
1: I think like that because having grown up, in, in I mean, Australia despite the accent uh, which you may or may not recognise um, we're, we're pretty gun ho in Australia and it's very black and white in some instances as to when you go to a barbecue the men are barbecuing and the women have made the salad <laughs> there's some real divides but then women are very much at the forefront um, worldwide of, of running businesses and we've had a female prime minister so there's There's two, two parts to it. So I grew up in an atmosphere where women can, but women also don't. And I always felt that challenging myself and my own personal interests were a lot, very, very broad and very mixed. I I love science. I love art. I love reading anything, literature or whatever. I love traveling, languages. So I could never really put my finger on exactly what I should be doing and I came to the point where I wanted to do something, have impact on the world, of course, as we do, and I fell in a good way into doing uh, work as a, I studied first, I became a geologist. I also became a lawyer at about the same time. <laughs> I got both degrees. <laughs> we go
0: hand in hand really well, I I'm sure. I
1: couldn't decide which was really, really where I wanted to go, and I'm like, no, I want to environmentally change the world. So combine the two, make sure that we have great laws about the environment. And so I I get to work on both sides. And I actually started working uh, or studying the science and I found that geology was where I was most passionate about. It was very challenging and interesting and it turned out to be a male-dominated environment. And I ended up working, not in a little in law, but not much, I ended up working in Exploration and geology for um, gold and copper, iron ore. And I traveled the world doing this. And mm. I was almost always the only woman. <laughs> and I was often the boss. I got to the point where I was the boss lady. And the only other women in the camp were, were the cook and the cleaner. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm very much, you know, pro women doing whatever they want. And I got that largely from my own mum, who didn't get to experienced that in her life but she always told my sister and I to just go for it so we have so that colors everything so when I was interested as a passion in photography which I have been for forever um I was most keen on on photographing women and finding out about women and their stories because I wanted to know what's possible and then of course I wanted to translate that in my imagery i didn't always get to photograph women um as everyone who is a photographer ever does you usually photograph something else like weddings or events or babies and children whatever but for a long time i knew that that's that's where my real passion is and i I had to at some point make it happen it wasn't until i couldn't really travel the world and do all the geologizing that i had done before even though it was really well paid and i was highly sought after in what i did because I had a son and I didn't want to not spend time with him. And I was used to traveling for weeks on end in, in the arse end of the world. <laughs> so it just wasn't practical to take a child with me. A lot of, A lot of career women have jobs where it's possible. I really didn't want to take my child into a blizzard in Albania. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that doesn't. No, sound good. or
1: the border of Angola, <laughs> things <laughs> like that, you know. And I didn't want to be without him for the weeks that that entailed. So um, my husband and I decided between us that a career change was going to happen. And rather than the photography being the on the side business which I'd always been doing, uh, it became the business that I focused on. So there was no way not to imbue it with all of my passion for empowering women to do whatever they want. It's just was going to happen.
0: Very cool. What was it like to make that transition from kind of like a globe hopping scientist into something that was more creative and aligned potentially with that um, initial passion?
1: It was tough at first because, first of all, I had to take a a big pay drop (laughs) because I was starting from literally zero in a new country. Um, And I had to learn not only the whole system in terms of like the legality of a business and how businesses here uh, run and function, but although I'd worked as a photographer, I hadn't worked in the sense of an indoor studio. I was always going to weddings and stuff. I had to get my own studio because the weather in the UK, you're not going to be photographing outside (laughs) and you're not going to be photographing women wearing not very much outside for the most part, unless they're models. (laughs) So it was a huge, it was a huge change, a big learning curve. And I did what anyone sensible will do is I hired people to help me to work out how to do that because... You need to learn and you need to recognize that you need to learn, you know? So there's a steep learning curve, but you just do it. And if you've got that drive and passion to be doing what you want to be doing, and if it's something you're turning a passion from a hobby or a pseudo job into this is what I do, I don't think, uh, I think there's ever a lack of motivation really you just need to look inside and grab it
0: Mm. i love that and i think so much of what's about to come out for you really kind of embodies that as well i know you're working on two different book projects right now correct Mm. the 100 nearly naked women which is a fantastic title um and i want to learn more about that in a second and then the bright effect which is focused on um (laughs) to read the byline, the six pillars that will allow you to alchemize your business and life and level the fuck up whenever you want, uh, which is a great title.
1: Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tell me a little bit about um, the bright effect and how you're taking your talents and everything that you've learned about entrepreneurship and helping women um, or, and, you know, others, I'm sure. Level, yeah, it's, like I mean, a-
1: it's it's not women exclusive, but I focus on women because, well, well, that's easier for me. I am a woman. I get it. And I have a husband and I have a kid and I have those sort of extra bit of responsibilities that women take on that men don't often do. So it's a perspective sort of a thing. And I want women to know that it's possible and you you don't have to do it in in the way you see a lot in the marketplace uh, in terms of business, you see a lot of focus on hustling and aggressive sales and for a lot of women that just turns them off the whole concept of going into business. They don't, they don't feel that they, they can do that. And the truth is, I don't think most people really want to do it, <laughs> but it's what we're we're taught is the way to do things. And maybe there's a lot of history to that. The whole like, oh, mad man, was it mad men, the Marlboro man, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's this positioning that, that we're taught to do and it doesn't sit well with most women who want to be in business, who are in business. And so women are forging their own way to, to do that. And thankfully men are too, because. No, nobody wants to be a second-hand car salesman. That feel, even though a lot of second-hand car salesmen are great people. It's, it's that vibe, it's that vibe. And none of us want that. In, in today's situation where we have no attention span and we're bombarded constantly by these huge media outlets, we want a breath of fresh air. We want actually to work with people who are authentic. And when you've got that salesy BS going, everybody knows it's not real. And that actually is your downfall, but it's what a lot of people are taught. So for me, the bite effect is about having those six pillars, which encompass yourself and your business. And as you level up each of those pillars, your business is able to level up. It's But if you level up one more too much or too down, you become unbalanced and you'll feel that. You'll feel that imbalance. And that's where a lot of women are. They're feeling that they they can't have it all, although they're told that they can and that they feel out of kilter because they've got all these, all these, was it tricks and fads and hacks and gurus telling them, do this, click this, copy this file, do that. And it will work and it doesn't work for them. Who does it work for when you've downloaded a $7 copy file? Who does it work for? Right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) If information was the answer, then uh, we would all be billionaires with six packs. That's one of my favorite
1: things. I love Uh, that. But yeah, we can all research YouTube and Google and we can all work out how to do stuff. We can all put information in our brains. It's making ourselves do the stuff that we know that we need to do that's the tricky bit working out what it is you need to do and actually making yourself do it and and that's what the bright effect is about actually getting over those hurdles by using your mind the power of your mind simplifying everything as much as you can and being laser focused and that's why i call it a bright effect it's just like boom when you get it all happening it just rocket fuel it's awesome
0: yeah i love that i probably didn't answer
1: your question
0: (laughs) no no it's great uh i love that you include self-care as the number one pillar that you mentioned and i think that's been such uh, an important aspect for entrepreneurs and i know in my journey to to um, embrace self-care deeply just as you would in training for um you know, a marathon or working out at a gym, you have to embrace the recovery just as much as you embrace the actual workout. So talk to me a little bit about why that's so important for entrepreneurs and the people that you work with, um, as well as what are your own self-care practices that you love?
1: Well, it's number one in the list. The truth is, all the pillars are really important. There's not one above the other. You, you've got to have them all or you become unbalanced. But I put it number one so people think of it number one. As, as entrepreneurs, we are always, you know, got the candle burning at both ends. We, we early on or at some point, we're working these enormous number of hours and yeah, you can get stuff done, but at what cost, you know, mm. and that's getting stuff done done like if you know what you're going to be doing and if you know why you're doing it and how you are doing it you tick off those boxes but a lot of us lose clarity by doing that and you know if you've ruined your own personal health you miss out on your family and your connections how isolated which is one of the greatest problems that entrepreneurs have because what percentage of the population do we actually comprise you know independent entrepreneurs are not a large proportion of the population. There's not that many of us. Uh we need to, you know, we need to make sure that we're looking after our, our mental and our physical health. And self-care in this sense isn't what women tend to think of as going getting their nails done. It's not about pampering. It's not about making yourself feel good. It's about living the life that that is good, you know? And it just you just have all of that, that energy because you everything is revitalizing you. What you do energizes you and then you rest and recover and you recuperate. And it's in those moments when you're not do, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle that amazing things will happen for you because that's when you, you don't get the amazing ideas when you're working hard. You get those that intuition when you're in the shower, or you go for a run, or when you're on the massage table. You know, it's um, and people forget that, or they just ignore it, and they think, oh no, that doesn't count. Um, that's that's not true. I have the most amazing ideas when I'm in the shower. <laughs> it's crazy, and so having a nice tub is actually a good self-care for me because it's just. It's a a physical relaxation and, and like a meditative state, like a hypnotic state, you're actually able to key into that creativity. And you'll, it's like when you wake up in the middle of the night with the solution to that tricky problem. It's just like that. Mm -hmm. It's just you, you manufacture it whenever you need it by actually putting that into your life as important. And your mind gets to know, hey, she's doing the run or she's she's doing whatever it is it's like now's the time to actually come up and and bring those ideas forward does that make sense
0: yeah absolutely and i think um we you really can't as (laughs) physics would say you can't serve from an empty cup um and you really have to be careful and one of the things that was um challenged of us in our our community that we're in uh -hmm. this monday was um to receive just as much and be open to receiving (laughs) as much as you give i think as kind of a a challenge it is i think especially um, because of our own stories and um, traumas that we've gone through as people that live in the world today Mm -hmm. Uh, i think so much of purpose-driven entrepreneurs, in particular, maybe not some people that are purely profit-driven and um, and others are looking Yeah, they wouldn't to... be
1: interested in what I do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same here, and I wouldn't be particularly yeah. interested in that. Yeah, but, but
1: for women, this is a really big deal because we're trained from the moment somebody knows you're female to to do things, to get other people's attention, to get them to like you, to serve others, to give to others. And as a mother, 24 seven, it's not a joke. You know, you have a life dependent upon you, especially when they're very young. And so many women uh, become unable to actually look after themselves as they ought to do, and as they know they ought to do. And that's what the whole balance concept is in the bright effect. You want to get that balance because you you're torn in different directions and you get this mummy guilt, wife guilt, and then you get business guilt. You get all the guilts, you know, guilt and shame all over the place. And it's, uh, it's tough, but you can get out of it. You can.
0: Yeah. What, um, what is something that you do in your coaching or something that you believe that you incorporate that is kind of against the traditional... Um, coaching industry, or, uh, you know, what is a, a contrarian way that you look at things given your history and how you um, help people through this process?
1: One of the things that I do, and I learned a really long time ago and didn't realize that's what I was learning until so much more recently, is to get out of your comfort zone as often, as frequently, and as big as you can. And it's not just public speaking, it's not just things that people think of, it's anything. And it can be something really, really stupid, but when you're putting yourself in that vulnerable position and overcoming it, every time you do that, that is where confidence comes from. Confidence comes from the taking of action and growing. And if you're not building confidence everywhere, then you're going to be losing it somewhere so I discovered like from working in the field in the jungle in the desert whatever I was being challenged physically mentally emotionally all of the time and that made me so so strong and confident I didn't I didn't flinch when I was doing something brand new it's like yeah I'll just give it a go (laughs) I wasn't worried about what people thought I wasn't worried about failing I was just like Yeah. Okay. I can do that. And that was like, wow, unshakable at a time. And then you can lose it if you don't use it is the thing. So when I came to photographing women, I discovered the confidence boost that women get by challenging their identity of who they are. They think that they're not attractive enough, not slim enough, not whatever. And then I get to prove, to, and they don't think they can do it either. They think they'll just freeze up and they won't look any good because they'll have some, you know, weird look on their face. And then I get to show them right there during the shoot, pictures on the back of the camera going, look, this, this is you. We just did this. Like, wow. Because I get so excited. I'm like, oh, I love that. You've got to see it. <laughs> I'm so glad that we have now digital cameras and we can do that. And I don't have to wait a whole oh. week <laughs> before yes. I see my pictures. <laughs> that was hell. So the confidence piece they were getting from the experience of itself, it just blew me away. Women would leave my studio and of course I was talking to them as well and asking about their goals in life and all sorts of things, you know, and that's why the coaching debauched because I was, I was doing that. And they would, they would go and get you know, mother-daughter tattoos, they would, they would go and leave their husbands. <laughs> um, yeah. And <laughs> Marry somebody they've been fancying for the last 20 years. You know, they they would just boom, change their lives. They'd start a business. They'd suddenly actually start posting their face instead of their dog or their children on their Facebook profile. Like it was just, it was just leveling them up all over the place. I'm like, wow, this is confidence getting out of your comfort zone. This is it. This is what you've got to do. So I put it all together. So, so really got to get out of your
0: comfort zone. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that if you were to recommend that you can like do today in your regular day to day, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, can't go into the jungle for their job <laughs> or,
1: or <laughs> no, so you can't jump out of a plane whenever you feel like it, can you? But that's a confidence boost. <laughs> yeah.
0: So if they could like do something that if they're listening to this and they want an To start, like today, is there anything that you would uh, recommend as a a place to start?
1: Honestly, start small, just with some task that you've been if you've been dreading for some reason, and going, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. Not gonna let this hold me back. And it's that letting go of what's gonna happen, that letting go of worrying about what people will think. That makes all the difference because everybody knows that when you go posting a picture on Facebook, like your new profile picture, everyone loves it. Like, whoever actually gets bad bad feedback on that, you know? (laughs) Just go do a new selfie. Go do something that you would just, it's just that little bit outside your comfort zone. You've thought of it a lot. Just do it. And it it can be as simple as just cleaning a drawer. (laughs) It really can. Because the satisfaction you get having done that lets you do the next thing and lets you do the next thing. So the bigger the leap, The more confidence you get from it and that's why why photographing women can be such an enormous confidence boost for them and we do it in an atmosphere where there's no risk no judgment you are not going to break an ankle (laughs) you know whereas um like skydiving and stuff like that that's exhilarating but there's an element there where you may actually be harmed
0: Yeah, yeah. You don't have to start with the big... Oh, you
1: can't do it every day.
0: To be dare- like, take a
1: different route home. You know, when you're driving home from work, go a different way. Go to dinner somewhere different. Like, try a new food you haven't tried before. Like, honest, all of those things add up. And the more of them that you do, the more confident you get in everything else. And that was what amazed me the most, is that it, it's not a straight line. It works on everything. That's really amazing that we can do that for ourselves in our own minds. Very cool.
0: What uh, is one of the most important lessons that you've learned over your very varied career that you (laughs) would kind of help other entrepreneurs and wish that, or it could be something that you wish that you knew five years ago? um.
1: I think it's something that everybody knows, but they find difficult to do, which is, is literally, don't give a flying fuck <laughs> about what other people think. <laughs> mm, That's that is yeah. yeah, Yeah. We're bombarded by so many messages of who you should be, what you should do, how you should do it, when you should do it, where you should do it, everything. And it's like, don't you get to decide? This, this is your life, right? Yeah. Take in the information. Sure, do that. Be well informed. But it's your life. You have to make that decision. You have to sleep with yourself. With that decision, you have to wake up with yourself every day until you're gone. So, yeah, stop, stop pleasing the people who you think might say something. And if they do say something, you don't have to listen.
0: <laughs> Is there a time that you didn't practice that or you didn't embrace that, that uh, you had a moment or a specific thing that shifted that perspective for you?
1: It's constantly shifting. I'm always fighting it. I think we have, you know, in our brains, we have the, the genetics and the tendencies towards pleasing others and being accepted by others. Once upon a time when we were cave people or out on the plains, you know, if, if you were not beloved of your tribe and you were exiled, you would die. So I think we're hardwired in that way so, and it's, it's difficult in our society as well because we're constantly hearing those messages to fit in, do this, you know? And so you, you got to go against the tide. You won't. If you look at a list of people who are successful in, in today in terms of money or, or achievements or whatever, not a single one of them was swimming with the tide. <laughs> They're all doing something different. They're all doing something more unique, you know, and if you want to be in that top 1%, top 0.1%, whatever it is, that's what you've got to do and just back up, (laughs) do it. (laughs) It's not easy. It's not easy. Um, I have personally found the most useful things have been meditation and hypnotherapy because they enable you to know your mind, understand your mind and put your mind working in the direction you want to go
0: yeah meditation is so powerful and um
1: and you can do them both for yourself, and I've got like a bit of a combo going where I can, yeah, make best use of. I just love it. And if there's anyone who didn't feel good after the relaxation of meditation or hypnosis, it's like it's like daydreaming hypnosis, you know. who doesn't feel good after a little bit of a daydream. It's, it's awesome. Allow yourself to actually feel good. I think that's a big part of it. Hey, we don't feel like we can just let go that little bit and enjoy. We have to be struggling and suffering or you won't achieve. That's not true. I have a hell of a lot of fun every day.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think so, I mean, it doesn't need to look like sitting in lotus position with uh, (laughs) spiritual music going on in the background i'm, I'm like, like the, the least word really.
1: person i know <laughs> i don't, don't have any incense you know <laughs> i do like yoga pants but <laughs> yeah
0: i mean they certainly uh are, i'm sure very comfortable i don't personally have any yoga pants but uh sweatpants are are, are wonderful too um, exactly <laughs> Comfort,
1: so, comfort is key. Yeah. Honest, like if I'm here in my studio, and I'm not gonna wear, so I'm not gonna wear high heels for a start. Uh, I don't wear makeup, as you can see for the most part. You very rarely see me with my makeup on. Um, I need to move around and be flexible and and do all sorts of physical stuff to get that angle and and to make that woman smile. So mm-hmm. I do, yeah.
0: So I want to. Bring it back around for a couple more questions and ask you about um, what was it like to create the um, 100 Nearly Naked Women project and kind of the process that you went through both in taking the photos as well as um, compiling all these looks and and looking back through your history as well as the message that you wanted to convey with people Mm -hmm. to people.
1: Truth be told, Davin, about eight weeks ago, I had the intuition to make the book. (laughs) I kid you not. I I was just, I was like, I've got to make a book. I was already writing The Bright Effect, which includes a bit of like how I came to The Bright Effect through the photography and, and my own personal experience. But I was like, no, women need this book. They need to know that women of all ages, shapes, sizes, weights, colors. I don't even talk about colors because like to me, I don't care. It's, um, it doesn't matter. We're all women and we're all beautiful. And the fact that the media gets to take that word away from us really makes me angry. You know, beautiful belongs to everybody. Every living creature is beautiful. Even dung beetles. like even. <laughs> <laughs> even sharks, like whatever you think is an awful <laughs> ugly creature. No, actually, it's, it's amazing. It's ad- absolutely incredible that it exists and therefore it is beautiful. And so I wanted women to reclaim beautiful for themselves. When I first started to do the white sheet shoot, it was because I had photographed women in clothes before that and women in clothes and lingerie. And I was finding that women were doing it So other people could see them in pictures looking good. I'm like, no, it's not about pleasing other people. It's about pleasing yourself. It's about feeling good about yourself and celebrating who you are. So when I was discovering women were getting these confidence boosts anyway, I was like, okay, I've got to find something I can photograph them in where they'll be happy to show the picture to somebody, right? Like if somebody finds these pictures, it's okay that they tell their friends about it because it's such an amazing experience. Like, wow, Marilyn Monroe did this white sheet sheet in 1961. That's perfect. Marilyn Monroe, every woman relates to because she was vulnerable, she was playful, she was sexy, she was was so much. And all women connect with her at at some level. And in a sheet, everyone's sort of the same, right? Because it's not about parts of your body so much. It's really about your energy and your pose. And so I'm a specialist in posing women. I can pose you any any woman in a confident way. I'm like, I'm gonna do this with a sheet. <laughs> so I did. They loved it because they could cover and uncover however they wanted. So if somebody was more risque, they could basically be naked. And but we're not we're not photographing them in Uh, it's all classy it's all museum style artwork it's it's not what we call in the UK page three it's not for men it's for women to enjoy being women so the whole perspective is different and you can be very very covered up but very classy so very elegant Um, obviously I'm still influenced by you know what we consider to be fashionable because you know Women can have their makeup done, their hair done. They can wear their favorite shoes or jewelry or whatever. And each woman has her own own style and it's really a matter of bringing across her style and her vibe. And so I just photographed hundreds of women <laughs> doing this. And of course we got to shoots that weren't white sheet shoots. They were more normal lingerie shoots or whatever. And I just decided eight weeks ago that I needed to make this book. So I went through all of my archives that I, I don't keep everything from our shoots. We usually get rid of all of the images that women don't purchase because for security reasons, we don't want to hold on to that. But there are images that I've kept for marketing purposes because, you know, on the Facebook or the website or whatever, we, um, we share images all of the time. So I just went through all of those and went, right, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> explain how it came about a hundred images. I actually have more than a hundred, so it's been difficult to select them. And that, that each woman has, has something that she'd said. And um, these are all testimonials that have come from them. So an individual woman might've been very closed about her experience and just said, oh, it was wonderful. I had a great time. I love my photos. Or somebody else might've just given the whole life story. You know, each woman has, has her own perspective. And I think that adds to it as well because it's not for women to think that, that everyone has to divulge everything either. It, it's a very private experience and it's, it's really awesome to be able to put it into a book so all women can see that this is real women. These aren't models, although some became models after. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and know that they, they too can can feel that good just wearing a sheet. It's not that I'm gonna get to photograph all of them. I've got thousands of women in my private Facebook group I will never get to photograph. Yeah. But they could they could speak with me, they could speak with somebody else, you know, just inspire just them to them. actually awesome. yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. So it all ties together. And really that yeah. but I should I should mention um I was in part inspired by uh, an amazing guy that I get to work with whose name is Gok Hwan. He has um, an award from the Queen. He's done amazing things. He started out like 25 years ago as a stylist. He's like Asian, half Asian, six foot four or something, a gay. He's very famous in the UK, well-known in Australia. He used to do this um, TV show many, many years ago. He started doing it called Look Good Naked. And at the time, I never thought I would even meet him. And in the end, um, after I'd started doing those white sheet shoots, I got to work with him and I still work with him today. And he's always influencing me about being compassionate with everyone. And that has been so influential in enabling me to uh, encourage women who may never have got in front of a camera to do so. And that's why I talk about co- was it visible confidence, being visibly confident uh, on my Facebook? because for women, you need that. you need that confidence. you need to be visible in your business. and when you join them together, when you alchemize that together, you you've got it. You've got it. So the compassion of understanding a woman who has never put her face out in the world is. But she has this business and she wants to level it out. And today that's what we've got to do. Isn't it Devon? You have to front up yeah. for your business, yeah. for your life. You can't be faceless. You can't be nameless. Um, no, people well, you want can, it. if you don't, if you don't want to make it work, if you don't really want to have yeah. an impact, go ahead, <laughs> Be yeah. a bot. you know, you we're all that. going to be replaced by bots. If there's no authenticity and no individuality. So yeah. join the masses if you wish or step up and actually actually claim who you are. That's the way I look at it.
0: <laughs> I agree because, I mean, you can sell commodities and things that people, you, you don't need a face behind somebody that sells you paper towels likely, although, you know, there's arguments. It's done,
1: yeah. but yeah, but not yeah. necessary. <laughs> uh,
0: but with something that is like what you're doing and like, Um, uh, purpose-driven people that also want to sell and create a community with people that share their values and um, can create the world that I think so many of us are seeing is both very possible but also very needed right now. Absolutely. Uh, I think human-human Human-to-human connection is so important. And to, to move from what you were talking about earlier, it was like a transactional-based business mm-hmm. relationship or what's worked for capitalism in the past and moving into this more communal, um, shared uh, space of capitalism and, and economics that works for all of us and business that works for all of us in a more holistic human way. Um, it's, it's so... It's right there, and if we can um, help people do that through making them more self-confident and open to putting themselves out there, I think uh, the world will be absolutely a better place because of it. Uh, yeah. Because we want we want that connection.
1: Yeah, I have I've seen so many great changes in my clients, not just in their business or or in their relationships or their home, of just in themselves and. And that ripple effect it has in in everyone they interact with, you know, the small thing of like smiling at somebody when you're at the checkout and saying, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. I know you work hard here. Is it going okay? (laughs) It's like, whoa, humanity, humanity has enormous value because we see so little of it, which is the sickening part and we all crave it. So stop holding it back. It's free. Mm. (laughs)
0: it sure is so two more questions oh okay what do you hope the world will look like in ten
1: years wow ten years could be so much or it could be so little it it could Mm. be yeah what would I like to see I'd actually like to see it it might be a strange answer but I'd actually like to see the leveling up across the globe so we have less disparity on an international level. It is so wide, the gap. I've worked in so many different countries where, you know, people are, are living in the most squalid of conditions and they can be happy. They can really be seriously happy, but that's, that's not what we want for our own children, so why do we allow that elsewhere, that whole business of where we, we sell in the Western world what we don't allow ourselves to have anymore, like DDT, to somewhere else so that they can use it. I mean, if we're yeah. not leveling up on an international scale, we're still ruining the planet no matter how green we think we are, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that would be something I'd really like to see. That's probably the most important one because we are seeing um, a lot of tech development and a lot of information coming through especially you know in india and china and BRIC. it's um it's it's really incredible and a lot of people are leveling themselves up because of the internet we're actually able to do that and i think a a lot could happen in 10 years yeah
0: yeah where the pace of change is certainly accelerating Mm. and uh, i love that the internet has kind of democratized uh, a lot of um at least access to information and knowing what other countries are doing allows us to and other people and communities are doing allows us to um, even if things like the supply chain might break down we can start (laughs) making those shifts um, in our own community and and aligning what we do with kind of the best practices that we're learning together as a global community. Well,
1: this is the thing that we're actually all getting onto one page rather than an us and them situation. We yeah. really should be in humanity beyond some of the things that are going on in the world. Right. You know, yeah, we're so much better than that. We're so much more intelligent, so much more able to look after ourselves and others. It's, Yeah, it's not us and them it's all of us
0: so last question if people wanted to and we'll go back to kind of making this as actionable as possible um if people wanted to kind of incorporate a practice that you would suggest for their business in addition to building the confidence by um kind of stepping into things that make you uncomfortable What would you suggest if they had an hour a week and a practice that uh, has made a big difference in you and or your clients' lives?
1: The biggest difference I always find is like creating this book, 100 Nearly Naked Women, is reconnecting with your clients um, from before, seeing how they're going, what they're doing, how their lives have changed. If you can help them a little bit more because they've fallen down a little bit or not you know there's a no pressure environment on that but you quite simply looking through those testimonials getting the gumption to ask them how are you doing you know has this helped you because a lot of people need a little just a little bit of a compass wiggle to just help them get back on track you don't have to charge them for that and you both get the buzz of connecting finding out how the other person is Because it isn't transactional. You've become a part of their lives, even if it's only a small part. And I know 100 million percent that every single woman that I have photographed has become a part of my life. Every single woman affects me in some way, you know, makes you appreciate what you've got, makes you go more for what you want to have and to help others and whatever. And all of that brings your perspective back to why you do what you do. And how the impact you have is real and how you want to just keep doing the best you can at it so i don't find anything much better than that one i really don't
0: i love that that's it's, so powerful and
1: it's so powerful it's actually what's made writing the book really really difficult because i have to read all of the testimonials you know and, go, oh, and not yeah. cry and it would be very
0: emotional <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> and have a chat to them and say, well, you know, would you, because it's now a year or two years or whatever since your shoot. Um, I know we've kept in touch, but like, you know, not that often. Some people quite often, but not others. And I'm like, would you like to update it before this gets published? Is there anything you'd like to add or, or change? And it's, it's been really amazing experience to do that because we are not static. We are constantly growing and changing and acknowledging that in someone. And helping them to go the direction they want to go, if you can, wow, that's an enormous gift. It really is.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you so much for that beautiful answer. And I would definitely encourage anybody, even if you're not an entrepreneur, to uh, reconnect with people that you've helped. Mm. Um, And
1: Absolutely. I think
0: there's uh, so much fruit there. So, Elle, thank you so much for your time. This has been an amazing conversation. How can people get connected with you and the work that you're doing, as well as get your book, um, The Bright Effect, as well as 100 Nearly Naked Women?
1: (laughs) The easiest way to find me is on Facebook under my personal page, Elle Bright. Is it Elle Bright Official? I think it Oh, is. I'll have to look now.
0: (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) We'll link it in the...
1: (laughs) I think it's Elle Bright Official because I had to change it. Yeah, it's Elle Bright Official. And you'll see all of the pages and links in there. And you can go wherever you want. Perfect.
0: Awesome. Any parting words of wisdom or uh, something you'd like to share?
1: I think the base thing of all of it is be human, be authentic, be yourself. There is nobody else in existence now or ever has been or will be that can do you like you do that's it so just do you
0: love it well thank you Elle again and we will talk soon I'm sure
1: okay thank you so much